Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and this week I bring back guest Joanna Carpenter to the podcast at a time when there is a lot of noise and a lot of overwhelm and a lot of stress and burnout and insert word here, coming back to oneself, learning to trust oneself, learning to prioritize oneself is of the utmost importance so that we can continue growing and expanding and finding stillness. Joanna shares her journey of cultivating self-trust and how it has transformed her life, emphasizing the importance of acknowledging past mistakes as a path to growth and personal liberation. We unpack the lens of curiosity and self-acceptance as a way to navigate the complexities of life and find possibility in the gray areas. Plus, we explore the connection between this self-trust and the body, learning how to prioritize oneself and embracing stillness as a source of strength. Enjoy. Joanna Carpenter, hi. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best start ever. Hi, Jennifer. Joanna, you are the first returnee we have had on this gorgeous podcast. And um, anyway, this wasn't like meant to be like, how do you feel? But just wanted to let you know. (laughs) I'm really honored and excited to be the first returnee because I'm obsessed with this podcast. So when you asked me, I got very excited. Yeah, I I mean, before we even dive, I'm just like, I was like, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm clearly excited to talk to you. Um, For anybody who didn't listen to your first episode, or doesn't know who you are, who are you today? Who am I today? Whomst am I today? So mm-hmm. uh, my name is Joanna Carpenter. I use she, her pronouns. I am an actor and uh, I'm an artist. I'm a creative person. And today I am extra contemplative and feeling a little spicy mm. and also um, feeling a little liberated maybe that's lending to the spice that's okay. that's who i am today i love i love how you had to like take a moment to be like wait actually though let me not just by rote say the things that i am yeah you know, i think yeah. you get into that routine i know for myself at least people are like what do you do who are you and you're like i do this and i do this and, I do this. and you're like let's, let's like roll back for a second and be like actually maybe i Maybe I'm not what I want to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do I have to roll out my CV every time I see someone? Like, yeah. it happens enough in person. Oh, who are you? What do you do? And I'm like, Ugh, I'm yeah. bored now. <laughs> Literally, of myself. Of like, myself. We, like, like, ask me something not? else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unreal. Yeah. I love this. I love this idea of liberation being tied to spice. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Is that yeah, a I new get spicy. thing? I get spicy when I feel like I'm not oppressed by my own uh, choices or by other people. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? <laughs> this is, for me today, that's how it works. Yeah. Like when I feel a sense of ease, I like mm. I get extra spicy, and I'm just yeah. like, mm, mm, mm. like I just think we... that's yeah, it's such an interesting thing. I think if I were to for myself think about liberation or freedom. I think I, it, for me, it lends itself more to like grounding and maybe mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love the counter of spice. I will get quiet too. Like when I feel a particular sense of ease, which I kind of have lately, I do feel like it clears a pathway to really feel the the ground under my feet and to breathe. Like breath is very often the first thing to go when I feel contained, constrained, straining, pressure, uh, stress, anxiety, whatever it is. And so there definitely is that, but usually the final product is like spicy Joe when, when the feet are on the ground. I love, no, I think that's my favorite Joanna personally. (laughs) Spicy Joanna. (laughs) Yeah. Cause then I think I can add my own version of spice to the mix, which I think it's a different brand of spice. Yeah. But that's like, Delicious. <laughs> Thank you. I, so I was going to say that like, you know, like when you cook and you're like, maybe I should throw some cumin in here. And you're like, but I already put some rosemary and you're like, you know what? Today it'll work or it'll it work. won't. And then because it'll I say it will work. Exactly. And it'll be something. Yes. <laughs> it tastes yes. like. Anyway, I'm curious. <laughs> this already feels really zesty and I'm really, here for this <laughs> you know, I'm curious because there's no set agenda. Mm-hmm. I gravitate towards you as a human being and as a friend and um, an artist because of 
your ability to lead with empathy, your ability to listen, and also your ability to be introspective, self-aware, and the desire to continuously grow and expand within yourself and the communities that you surround yourself in or choose to be a part of. And so I'm curious for you, since the last episode, which feels like years ago, it wasn't that long, but I'm curious for you. I mean, as maybe it was, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) A lifetime at least. Dark times. Um, (laughs) At least for you since then, what have you felt to be some emotional qualities that you have felt you are owning more in your artistic journeys, in your human journeys, and perhaps which of those things have you felt you've cultivated across both and aren't questioning as much? Mm. First off, adore you. I gravitate to you for all of those reasons. So thank, thank you, you for the generosity. That's um, true. It's, well, and also I always feel like whenever you and I get into like a deep soul conversation, heart conversation, philosophical conversation, that there is just kind of like a an opening of a shell that is mm. um, very, it's more rare than I wish it was, but you're one of those people where like the way that you think and the way that you dig in and your the way your curiosity and, um, you know, your ability to really like be laser focused on a thing, on a concept, on an idea um, is it makes for like really mutual um, heart opening and, and respect. So I just appreciate that. And I appreciate you. I appreciate um, you. Thank you. In answer to your question, the first thing that comes up is trust. Hmm. Um, and I think the the trust of self is a really like underrated victory. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for those of us who come from backgrounds where we are taught that we cannot trust ourselves. Yeah. We cannot trust our instincts. We cannot trust our art. We cannot trust our impulses. We cannot trust our sense of self. Um, comparing how I feel now to the deficit that I had felt up until now mm. is really, I'm very proud of the trust that I have in myself now. Yes. And the impact, the direct impact that it has had on my art, on my creativity, how I show up in the world, how I set boundaries, um, and what I choose to align with, what I choose to build, what I choose to create um, is, it's, you know, those things that like you don't really have language for, but they resonate right in your heart center. And you might not have language for it yet, but you just know that it is the right thing, it is the right choice. And like, everybody else be damned if you don't like it. That's not my problem. It's like that kind of like vibration. Um, So trust, I think, is the self-trust is the biggest, biggest thing, I think, since the last time we spoke. It actually, it's funny because like, I don't, this is weird, but I don't like thinking about that last episode, not because it wasn't a great episode, not because it wasn't joyful, like being able to be in that space with you, but because I think that time was so painful that I almost Mm -hmm. shy away from it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm constantly, for better or worse, like looking towards the new, like what new conversation that is rooted in awareness of the past, but doesn't necessarily look at the past too hard. Um, That's how I'm treating a lot of like these more intimate conversations. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that about the looking back on that episode being like painful. And I think it's an interesting question as humans really about for me, I, I grapple with this, but like the idea of learning from our mistakes or like regret about things that we've done or positions that we found ourselves in, which sometimes we don't even have like the choice and we just like are in it um, and how we can feel a certain way towards these things that we've experienced or like a time period that we've been a part of and not want to acknowledge that that was the thing that we were a part of because it was so painful or we didn't like it or whatever. Or you can look at it as like, well, if I hadn't had to go through that, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's why I I mean, I won't get a tattoo because I'm very Jewish, 
and that's a whole other thing. But I think about like a version of my like 20 year old self who would get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And it's like what I would have put on my body in my 20s, mm -hmm. I would not resonate with at all with where I am now. No. And the idea of like looking at something on my body on the regular as like the reminder of where I like would be really, for me, I think triggering in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But I do see the flip side of like, no, I see this thing that I put on my body again, this is an example, but like I put on my body in my 20s and now this is a reminder of where I've come from and now yeah. how much I've grown since then and actually keeps a barometer of mm -hmm. one's growth. I guess I just want to offer that like, yes, perhaps it's painful. Yes, perhaps it's a version of yourself that is not where you are now mm -hmm. and you've moved and grown beyond it. But to look at those times that we have documented as artists and be able mm -hmm. to actually see in real time growth yeah. and movement is kind of like a really wonderful blessing, I think, about being able to see it and not just arbitrarily think like, no, I think I've grown. It's like, no, 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 I can listen to this version of myself and not even recognize her. At I would all. agree with that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're right all against these, all of which. No, I'm not trying to be right. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to give you some grace and recognizing that like that is a part of your story. And in order to have gotten to where you are now, that is a huge part of what you needed, where you needed to be or getting through that or whatever it is in order for you to have the perspective and arguably the trust that you now have in yourself um, that perhaps you hadn't cultivated in that same way. Um, mm -hmm. which is a really cool thing that you were vulnerable enough then and now you're being vulnerable again now. Um, and now if we keep bringing you back every single time, you'll keep having these milestones of like, I am now a different person. And look uh, at that. Just a renegade meat sack with feelings. <laughs> Damn. That's when you feel like on, on your website, it's like your little byline. Renegade meat sack with feelings. <laughs> oh, it's going in the Instagram bio immediately. Oh, I really hope it does. I really hope it does. And anybody who listens to this episode will slide into the DMs and be like, I don't see it. Where has it been? I've tried look on, looking on the interwebs and it doesn't exist. And you're like, where oh. is the renegade meat sack? <laughs> okay. So self-trust. How does that manifest itself in your body? Oh God, breathing. Kind of going back to what I said before. It's so ever since I was little, um, the the first thing to go when I feel myself start to close up because of um, trauma or anxiety or stress or fear or sometimes even excitement, depending on what it's excitement for, the first thing to go is my breath, right? And I notice that there is a full body sense of not release, but maybe more relief with an F. Mm. Um, where the, it feels like a, a clearing has parted and there is a pathway to air. There is a pathway mm. to breathing. And I think when we, especially as artists and as performers, when we stop straining, stop feeling like we have to strain um, to prove, to chase, to uh, present then we are able to breathe and we are able to step into um, who we really are and trust mm -hmm. that whatever that moment is, whether it's an audition or it's, you know, when you're actually performing on stage or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so it's, just, it's, just, it's literally just breathing, which you and I have talked about this before. The simplicity of breathing mm -hmm. is so often forgotten, but we do these yeah. body scans and we see how certain things manifest. Like for me, stress and anxiety and depression and fear and all those things actually manifests as what feels like period cramps, mm. where like in the center of my body, of my lower body, where, mm. you know, it's literally a wellspring for life, right? Yeah. It's, there's so much pain there. So I'm always checking in and going, how can I get myself breathing again? What, what can I do for myself that pulls me back to that self-trust that reminds me that like, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, so breathing. Yeah. It's interesting for me to hear different folks. I I've started to ask this question. If people have been like listening linearly to these episodes, like when people mm -hmm. talk about these feeling stuff, I am always curious about where it lives. Cause I think we have this preconceived idea that it lives in the same place for every, like, Oh, of course, well, mm -hmm. I'm feeling it here and it holds here. Then everybody's doing it. It's just, yeah. I think it's a beautiful reminder that we are all individuals who feel things differently. And that yeah. is all like a beautiful thing. 
where, yeah, for me, it's all like my neck, my upper back mm. traps, also low back, just like back. It's all in my back. And for you, you're saying it's more like front center belly. Front center belly. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. Again, I don't know somatics in this kind of way, but for me, that's fascinating to think about somebody who feels it in their front versus somebody who feels it in their back. Yeah. Um, and again, there's no right or wrong about it. I'm just, you know, thinking about bodies and how that probably ties into something. Oh, <laughs> that's, just, that's just, I don't know, worth noting. Keeping the score. Yeah. That book is so good. Have you read that? Yeah. I the have. Body Keeps the Score for anybody I who's have. listening. And I think just the once is all I need to read it. And yeah. you know, there are certain elements of it that have been uh, debunked, for lack of a better phrase. But I think the the core premise is very, very correct, at least for me. I won't mm -hmm. speak to anybody else's experience, but for me, it it clarified a lot of things. And it's yeah. one of those books, you know, like we have those books where we come back to over and over and over again. Um, and then there's other books where I'm like, just the ones is fine. And this yeah. can go have a life on someone else's bookshelf. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really, it's yeah. an, it's a, not a light read. <laughs> so. Yeah. Not pre-bedtime reading, which is what I discovered. No. Oh Although maybe one might argue that that actually would put somebody to sleep because it's so heavy. Um, and so technical. That's what I mean, where it's yeah, just very – thick. Mm -hmm, really thick. I think those are the kind of books now that I'm trying to put on tape so that I put them in my ear and I don't mm. have to like sit with it. I can commute with it maybe and I don't have to – anywho, interesting. Okay, so you feel it in your belly. You feel it in your front and it gives you space for breath. Mm -hmm. How have you been finding that when you access it, you are able to translate it externally? As mm -hmm. in when you begin to self-trust mm -hmm. or lean into your breath, mm -hmm. how do you then show up differently? I <laughs> I mean, the the top of my brain is how it shows up when I'm performing, whether that's on stage at Sweeney or it's auditions. Mm -hmm. um, I am pulled back to the reason I started making art in the first place and like mm -hmm. participating in theater in the first place. Um, it becomes joyful. It becomes fun. I do not worry or care what people think. Mm -hmm. um, you know my best auditions have always been when I have made sure to come into my body and breathe and do the physical things that I need to do. Like I really like to work out before auditions and very physical. Um, but my best auditions were when I have just made the assumption that I'm going to do the best job because I have prepared for it. And also I, the, whatever I do is exactly what I'm supposed to do and that is not only enough, as trite as that sounds, because that phrase is really overused, but it's just, I trust myself to be mm -hmm. exactly what I want to be in that moment. And it's either going to be somebody's cup of tea or it's not. Yeah. And more often than not, you know, when people have sensed that grounding in me and it's really just let the story take center stage, literally, um, then that's when people resonate the most with what I do. And that's when I can leave and not take a single thing personally. Yeah. You know, like I've had auditions where I have gone in and done amazing work because I was trusting, I was grounded. I did all the things, did not even get a call back. It was almost yeah. like they could not wait for me to get out of the room. Yep. And at first, of course, you're just like, what does that say about me? What does mm -hmm. it, oh my God, is everything I do wrong? But then you have auditions where the second you walk out of the room, you find out later, they were like, I know we have to do further callbacks, but she's the one. Yeah. And it is not up to us to control the flow of what we do. It is our job to um, just do the work to get to the point where we can trust ourselves, you know? And like Sweeney feels very high stakes because I'm a swing. Yeah. And so every time you go on, it's like, <laughs> you know, we don't mm -hmm. get to spend a lot of time necessarily in a single track. We bounce back and forth between vocal parts. Sweeney is an incredibly difficult show. There are no numbers on the stage. The, st the set is set on an angle, you know, yeah. like the show is a mind fuck in so many ways. And being a swing is a mind fuck. But the 
the moments when I have remembered that I can trust myself. Mm. I am going to hit every mark. I'm going to hit every note. I am going to move the pie counter if I need to. I am going to do exactly what my job is. And on top of that, I trust myself to add the layers of intention and comedy and texture and my opinion and, you know, being so deeply present with every single person on that stage. Those are my best shows when I don't have the luxury of the reps that everybody else has, right? it just makes our art so much better and we get to enjoy making the art so much yeah. more. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear that this is manifesting itself in you in this way. Um, Girl, me too. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I work so I, hard. <laughs> I know. I want to like affirm that this is a really big deal that yes, I imagine that there are some shows, for example, at Sweeney that like you're like, this was not my favorite, but, but that you're empowering yourself enough prior to even just stepping out on that stage or even during it while you're, you know, on stage and realizing I'm not present to just be like, hey, let me check in with myself. I trust myself. I know what I'm doing. I've done the work and I've done as much as I possibly can before being in this moment to be here in this way. And it'll be what it'll be because I am the one who is trusting myself in it. Like I'm the one who has the agency in it. I think that's such a beautiful growth moment for you, my love. It's that's and that's where the liberation comes from because yeah. self trust is very very freeing. Yeah. Um. And it's hard. Yeah. But it's yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that because it's it's like a really big hurdle that I was finally able to jump over in my life and I'm yeah. like oh thank yeah. God. Yeah. How did you do that? How did you get to this growth? A lot of therapy. Shout out to Mary. Um, Mary is just such an icon. My therapist, Mary. Um, and and unwillingness to settle for believing the stories that my childhood taught me about myself. Can I ask what some of those were? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, and it's funny because Mary and I had a session today we were talking about this. Um, I was raised to believe, I was raised by a very toxic, broken mother, um, who I think in her heart, she's a really, really good person. Um, but her decisions have broken her life has broken her in a lot of ways. And I was always her biggest competition Mm -hmm. and I was always someone to be diminished and destroyed if possible. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest narratives I was taught about myself was that your value is directly tied to how much you break your back to please other people, mm-hmm. to do things for other people, to sacrifice yourself for other people. That is the measure of your worth. And it's a direct tie into how much love and affirmation and uh, creativity that you can make manifest. Mm. And I think a lot of this work and getting to the point of self trust has really been about staring clearly at those uh, stories that we're taught about ourselves, And I actually should stop using we because this story is very central to me. Um, I think it's about my time and my willingness to look clearly at those things and not run away from them, not numb them with alcohol or people or mm-hmm. athletics or, you know, whatever thing. Um, and just be really present with those moments when there is this voice in my head going, nobody likes you. Everybody thinks you're shit. Um, you know, don't you dare take up more space than someone gives you. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to give you space. And, you know, how dare you take pride in your work? And it's manifested kind of oddly for me because I think a lot of people would have crumbled and become a shell of themselves. Mm. But I've always been a bit of a rebel in the sense that I have taken these things and gone, I am going to go out into the world and do as much good as I possibly can. Yeah. And that's making good art. That is building good community. That is, uh, you know, educating in positive ways. That is advocacy. That's all these things that have a really good impact. And I've also, and like really good impact period, end of sentence. Mm -hmm. And I've also come to a time in my life where I need to come back to me and spend time with those stories that I was taught about little Joanna and start to take those apart because breaking my back for all these things 
um, just to make sure that the world knows I'm a good person and that there are things to care about, that there are people to care about. Um, I have not been able to take care of myself mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that. Um, so it's like, you know, when they tell you that like there's as an actor, that there's power in stillness and it's really hard to believe that because mm-hmm. like we do musical theater, we're supposed to gesture and jazz hands and, you know, like all these things. When in actuality, when we see somebody really being intentionally still, mm-hmm. that's when the most power is just like swirling around. And I've learned to be still with these mm-hmm. awful, awful things that I've been taught about myself and go, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> not true. Fake mm-hmm. news. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable about that. Um, I would wager that you are not the only one at I bet all. I'm not. I bet I'm not. Who, who has felt, is feeling, is going through feeling, um, you know, that they have either overexerted themselves or given more than they had in their cup or put themselves um, on a step below somebody else in order to prioritize somebody else's needs that for themselves or others deemed more quote unquote important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this navigation of, I'm going to call it like self-prioritization mm-hmm. just for the sake of this, um, has a bad rep. It does. <laughs> because, and I'll speak on behalf of myself, like taking up space, um, is something that I think I did as a kid. I know I did as a kid. And then there was some point in my life that that was quote unquote too much. And then I was taught to be small and I was taught to be contained and taught to um, make myself accommodating and accommodated, I guess, for others. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was only until grad school that I really allowed myself to embrace that that is arguably actually my superpower, <laughs> that like my strength to not in an indulgent way, in a truthful, honest way. Like when we talk about like taking up space, I don't mean just to be seen. Like that actually, I'm an introvert. No one believes me, but I like really don't like most people and I like to be at home with my dog and not leave. Um, but like, I, mean, <laughs> I know you do. But like taking up space in an honest way, in a way that is about the collective, not about myself. Um, that is what I'm referring to. And I, I think there really was like a aha moment for me in grad school of like, actually me not standing in my own power, me not taking up space that is truthful to who I am, is actually making other people probably more uncomfortable because they, if they're being intuitive, can sense that I'm not being truthful, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowing other people to take up space for themselves because that is arguably like what we, I hate the word should, but should all be doing in space is like everyone's just owning themselves. But I think that there's something really beautiful in what you're saying about the stillness in the power that is recognizing that a you matter just because you exist but like mm-hmm. that to prioritize yourself doesn't take anything away from other people mm-hmm. arguably you're giving more to others by showing mm-hmm. up fully and the way you would show up by prioritizing yourself in a truthful honest vulnerable whole integrated way is only going to allow you to do the work that you're trying to bend over backwards to do in a less volatile way. Yeah. Yeah. And also in a healthier way, like the, I will say for myself, like I'm about to go on vacation and I unapologetically splurged on a stupid hotel on an island in the Caribbean. And I'm very excited about it. But also you haven't Uh, taken a vacation in over two years. Right. And why wouldn't you do that if you could? (laughs) Because I have, I, 
Jen, when I tell you I have fought with myself an internal I said that actually. I mean, like I, the second that came out of my mouth, I'm like, actually, Jen, you probably wouldn't either. So like, why yeah, are you asking yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pot, meat, kettle. But it's, I, I had to go back and forth with myself for several weeks to mm-hmm. convince myself that I deserved to take this vacation yeah. while simultaneously operating at a level of burnout that is deeply unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I think we've spoken about 86 The Barrier, this ENL program that I created for uh, asylum seekers, Spanish speaking asylum seekers mm-hmm. in New York City. And we just got done with a big cycle that's been the last few months uh, of my life. And, you know, we Which were so able to- freaking impressive. And I know we're not here to like brag on you, but it's fucking brilliant. And you're <laughs> dope and you're anyway, but carry on. Yes. <laughs> I'm very proud of what this team was able to accomplish. Like my teaching team um, are really extraordinary human beings. And mm-hmm. I watched them change lives yeah. in real time. And I watched people who came to us traumatized mm-hmm. and caught in a system that is so, so broken. Uh, I watched them self-actualize mm. in real time. And we were able to get, um, with the help of my fiscal sponsor, we were also able to get several of my family's legal help with their asylum cases, which are, the asylum process is currently backed up by anywhere from five years to a decade. Yeah. People are just lost in the system. It's really, really awful. But language and legal and you know all these things. And you know, as I was gearing up to build a cycle two, of 86 The Barrier, one of my teachers who is an amazing, she she coaches uh, Latina like women entrepreneurs. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. She's a brilliant teacher. She put a hand on my shoulder and she just said, you cannot save everybody. Yeah. And that really gave me pause because I realized that it wasn't just within the microcosm of 86 The Barrier that I was trying to do that. It was my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this goes back to the the beginning of the conversation. Like, I literally asked my therapist today, who am I if I am not spending my days in service of other people? Mm. I don't know who I am. And I've I've tried to go back to some sort of deeply embedded childhood memory of before I learned how to value myself based on how much service I provide to others. And I don't remember. And maybe I will, maybe I just need to take some mushrooms. <laughs> just like have a minute. But but I don't remember what it is like to choose me. So when you talk about self-prioritization, you know, it is yes, unapologetically spending a lot of money on a luxury hotel in, you know, the Caribbean, but it's also recognizing when somebody comes to me with a rant or a problem or something and they might not necessarily even ask for my help, but my first impulse is to leap into action for yeah. that person to fix it. And I was just like who am I if I'm not doing this? And all mm-hmm. I know is I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, not just because nobody's taking care of me, but because I'm not taking care of me. Right. What does the power of that stillness look like? And I don't know. And she gave me the really shitty answer, which she tends to do, which is she's just like, you've just got to practice it. And I'm like, well, Mary, fuck, um, fine. You know, but like, sitting in these moments when I feel that impulse mm-hmm. to serve, to fix, to whatever, what happens when I trust myself enough exactly. to go, you're good. You do not have to jump up. Maybe somebody just wanted to be in your orbit mm-hmm. or just happened to be passing by. Yeah. You cannot save everyone. You cannot fix everyone. That's yeah. not your job. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, cool girl. Cool girl. Yeah. Thank God for ice cream because I am just. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The most are little chocolates in my freezer. Those are great. Um, I I hear this connection now between um, the, yeah, self-prioritization and the trust Mm -hmm. and how they're actually interlinked. Mm -hmm. You know, how it's, okay, I can separately work on trusting that myself when I feel that in for you, you know, you're belly, front, gut area, mm-hmm. and connecting that to, okay, in this moment, my gut is telling me to do this thing. Perhaps this actually isn't necessarily linked to prioritizing myself. It's actually um, 
me in like the routine of what I've known, Mm -hmm. or perhaps there's actually something in there that's even deeper than what you are used to feeling of like, actually there's different tones and and levels to what I'm actually tuning into here. And this one's saying go forward and this one's saying still, and this one's saying lean back and this one's saying lean forward. And this one's um, guiding me in certain ways to calibrate how much of myself I'm able to give. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that much is zero. Yep. You know, you talk about not being able to pour from an empty cup, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of us, especially like, I mean, my community, communities like across the world are really, really incredible people. And I know, especially a lot of really strong, impactful, powerful women in mm-hmm. particular who are asking these same questions and going, what am I sacrificing and why? And why do I feel so guilty living my best life? Like if I'm being fully transparent, and I know this is because of what I was taught when I was younger, because my mom spent so much time competing with me, the amount of times I have felt guilty for reaching a goal that I have had since I was a Mm. little kid. I have always wanted to be on Broadway. I have always, I have fought so long and hard to get to where I am. And now I'm in this show that I love with so many people that I love with a creative team that I respect and admire. And it's just, it's making me so much better at my job Mm -hmm. than I, you know, than I have been um, because of the experience. And yet I get these flashes where it's like, oh my God, I don't have the right to be here because like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't, what, what's so special about me? Mm. But I have to, I've enacted a practice where like I take a step back and it's like, baby girl, that's not your voice that's mm-hmm. asking that question. That is the voice of your past that was fed to you by somebody who was supposed to have your best interest at heart and did not. Yeah. That person that was supposed to be the most proud of you, rooting for you the most, who has not acknowledged that I have made my Broadway debut, mind I'm you. Sorry. Um, but it's you know, it's that practice of recognizing exactly what you outlined. What is the push? What is the pull? Whose voice is it actually that's coming in? And very often we, especially if we are empathetic creatures, like so many of your listeners are, and so many artists are, we don't allow ourselves the chance to step back and say, is this my voice? Is Mm -hmm. this real? Or is this something that I may have been taught about myself that that I can examine, that I can re-examine? you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the learning and the unlearning of it and in the process of doing that. I, it's like, I feel like we're very good. At, I'll speak on behalf of myself. I'm very good at gaslighting myself. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so good. <laughs> so you good know, being like, okay, well, you did that. But like, why? I mean, clearly you're not X, Y, and Z. Or the imposter right. syndrome starts to like own the gaslighting verbiage and you're like, well, oh, therefore yeah. I don't deserve to be here. And like, uh-huh. I've, I, I feel like have gotten more curious really as opposed to judgmental about this in my own psyche about like how are you so adept at like telling yourself these things and how is I call her the little fucker or it wasn't him it's so interesting that I've just I've changed the gender in this moment wow okay well here we are um well I'm so into I'm having like um, I'm gonna have to call my therapist to talk about that one um 10 out of 10 recommend yeah literally (laughs) but having how how I've become so good at that um, yeah. And really practicing when I am telling myself I suck or when I'm gaslighting myself into thinking that I did or did not do certain things or you deserve to or not to whatever, all of that, mm-hmm. to remember that that isn't necessarily me. That's this little fucker on my shoulder telling me all of the things that wants to keep me small, going back to our yeah. you know moment about like taking up space or yeah. being still in that. Like that is somebody who is reverting back into old patterning or wanting to keep you safe. Like, I think there's that too, the play for me that I'm super curious about of like when this little fucker Mm -hmm. or the imposter syndrome or the lack of worthiness or the gaslighting or any of that, the stuff that we do to ourselves, when that actually is protective and when Mm -hmm. it actually is noise, because sometimes it is intuition. Sometimes it is your gut. And yeah. sometimes it's just, and I guess that's like going back, like why I asked, like where you feel it in your gut, because yeah. I think that for me is like, I'm curious as to when we can, how we can actually tune into when it's real and when it's just noise. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes that it's really noisy and it's hard to tell the difference, but that is, I think, where the strength lies is actually being able to call it out and knowing the barometer to trust it or to ignore it or to say, thank you so much. You're excused for the day. Go home and take a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think it is? I think for a lot of us, it's a survival mechanism. And this is across people of all identities, all like you name it, like we all do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'll speak for me, and I don't know if this resonates with you, but just in case it does, for me, if I could punch myself in the face before anybody else could, then I could control how much pain I was in. Because there is something about hearing a demeaning, diminishing, destructive comment about myself or an accusation or criticism or whatever shape that, whatever shape the lack of love Mm. takes. If I can apply that to myself first, I can then it's, it's the devil, you know, I can recognize that and turn it and use it as a shield slash weapon against Mm. whatever might be coming at me. I can get ahead of it. That was, I learned at a very young age that the best way to protect myself, the best defense is a good offense. So I would not only teach myself to not physically sometimes, um, hit hardest and like take somebody down before they could take me down. But I was so adept at thinking so far ahead at anything I might get in trouble for, anything I might get punished for, any reason I might get bullied at school, like whatever it was, I would think 10 miles down the road just to get ahead of everything. And then I would strategize the ways that I would protect myself, the things that I would Mm -hmm. say, the things that I would say to them and the things that I would say to myself in order to just be protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And how it translates when you're older is it crushes you inside because we cannot, it's not sustainable carrying those weapons and those shields. I think that when we learned how to use those, whatever self gaslighting and, you know, whatever it was, I think we learned how to use them and they were of service to us to a point. I just know for me personally, I would rather crack my heart open because I am safe inside myself now. Mm-hmm. I am not handing my safety. I'm not handing the decision and the direction of my safety to anybody else anymore. Yeah. And that happens at different points in our lives. But I do think these things that were survival mechanisms um, do hit a point where they don't serve us anymore. And that's okay. It's not about yeah. judging them. It's about observing them and recognizing when you can lay that particular tool down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I resonated so much with what you were just saying, especially you didn't say it in this way, but like the idea that the things that no longer serve you, it's okay to put down yeah, um, yeah. and move through or adapt or change. Mm-hmm. I feel um, I hadn't really ever used this like self-prioritization verbiage before. I think mm-hmm. for me, it's, I think it's kind of in some ways synonymous with self-care um and like what it actually means not what the world has told us it means or consumerism and commercialism has real self-care is not a multi-billion dollar industry exactly it's like (laughs) actually looking inward and doing what you need for yourself in order to feel okay whatever that means to you yeah go touch grass jesus yeah exactly (laughs) yes Or do other things, whatever. Just go touch grass, (laughs) please, please immediately. Um, But I think I think it is what you're saying in that, like, in order to prioritize yourself, or care for yourself, or be honest or truthful with yourself, or trust yourself. Again, like words hold meaning, and some Mm -hmm. words don't hold meaning for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in order to do that, it really is about, yeah, looking back to these things that were so good at protecting us mm-hmm. when we were younger and reflecting on them, being grateful to them, to getting us to where we are today. Yeah. And then recognizing that it's okay to say thank you so much, Marie Kondo the thing, and put it to the side. And that doesn't take away from the fact that it protected you for so long and allowed you to become who you are. And now you've outgrown it and you can you can see it for really all that it is and put it to the side so that other voices can be a little bit louder and take up more space. And arguably in my mind, I think in those growth periods, 
of which, frankly, I feel like we are always in, or I'll speak for my ho- myself, I am always in one and want to continue to be in one till the day I die. Yes. Um, I think for me, it's the softening in it, the the mm-hmm. vulnerability in it, which is strength, the mm-hmm. understanding that I don't really know anything, which is humility, yeah. which is, you know, the the knowledge that I will continue unlearning and um, being unsure, which is curiosity, yeah. you know, and how all these things that can easily be detriments to my life or my philosophy or the way I move through the world are also the things that are allowing me to see the world in a different way so that I can show up in a different way more fully. Yes, 100%. And recognizing all of those things as either an obstacle or a tool or an obstacle that was once a tool, right? Like throwing them in that category. Oh my God. I want to, can I tell you a quick story? Of course. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever done a burning ceremony? Okay. Before I even answer, what do you think my answer is going to be? Yes. Really? Yeah. You think I've done a burning ceremony? Yeah. What kind of burning ceremony are we talking about first? Even, okay, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> okay. So this is actually – this is recommended to me by um, my friend Asa, who is a brilliant healer and um, just like a, a psychic and just really, really wonderful. Um, but he suggested this a couple of years ago, and it took me like a couple of years to get to the point where I was ready for it. But then I realized, going back to what we were saying, is that like the stories that I've been told about myself used to be tools because I could turn around and weaponize them either against myself or against other people to stay protected, but they were now an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And I could not see beyond them. I could not see beyond these stories to even envision being on Broadway, (laughs) making 86 a barrier happen, continuing to build my community. So what I did, and this was like totally impulsive, but it was also, I was breathing so clearly in that moment that that was how I knew I was exactly right. I wrote down every awful thing that I had ever been taught about myself. And when I tell you that I filled in small writing, three full notebook pages, and this was like eight and a half by 11 ruled pieces of paper, wrote them all down. And then I cut them all into little pieces so that you could see everything awful on every piece of paper. And I took them outside and I have like a gigantic shell that I got from one of the big beaches I was on in Europe um, because I always collect shells when I'm at the ocean. And I piled them all into this gigantic shell and I burned them. And right as the fire was like diminishing, this huge gust of wind came and just scattered the ashes everywhere. And I sat and I just sobbed. Mm. And that was the first time in my entire life that there was silence in my head. Mm. It was like all of these voices that I've carried with me for so long, the voices of other people telling me who I am, what I'm worth, what I'm not worth, what I'm terrible at, why I'm unwanted, why I'm unloved, why I'll never be on Broadway, you know, blah, 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 blah. All of these stories, I had literally burned them away Mm. and they haven't come back. And so it's been a matter of then having the clarity to analyze the content that still leaves residue, even if it's not, you know, like yeah. screaming in your ear, analyzing the content and slowly picking it apart. But there is something to, you know, some people might be like, a burning ceremony sounds really fucking stupid. And I'm like, honestly, understandable. Like, totally got that. <laughs> I it was not, it was not in my like pile of things that I go to to self-actualize, but it just what it was what needed to happen in that moment. And there was something so cleansing about mm. it. That I think going back to what you were saying, recognizing these things and the the light and dark side of all of the things and when they serve you, when they don't, when they have served you, when they're not anymore, being okay with that, yeah. being okay with that acknowledgement and saying, what can I put to the side? What can I thank and say, you, you were really, really helpful to me once upon a time. You can rest now. I don't need this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I love the being okay with that acknowledgement. I think, you know, the the impulse is to judge a feeling or yes. to judge um uh, something that's happening change. to you, a change exactly, yeah. as opposed yeah. to being like, oh, 
I, it's the same thing as like uh, if you were to body scan and when I like yes. do this with, you know, clients of mine or in master classes or whatever and we body scan, it's like as you go through this and things pop up or things are tight and just just notice, you know, it's a very Buddhist yoga practice yeah. and it's so hard to do. But just the simple acknowledgement of the thing mm-hmm. is sometimes all it really needs to be like, hi, I've been waving and yelling for you to notice me and mm-hmm. you haven't, you've ignored me, you've tried to make me something different that I don't want to be versus, hey, I see you. I see yeah. you. Right now isn't the time. Yeah. I'm going to put you to the side for a sec. We'll deal with you eventually. Yeah. <laughs> or, maybe, yeah. or maybe not. Maybe but like, we won't. Maybe we won't. Maybe I don't have the capacity or ever really want to, but I'm going to tell you that I will so that you yeah. just chill out for a moment, sit to the side, yeah. and um, I can now navigate through another thing that I actually want to prioritize in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is such a, a wonderful thing of like, yeah, being able to hold these things simultaneously. I know we're talking like very abstract about like feelings and whatever, but I I think, yeah, being able to see something for the dark and the light and being able Mm -hmm. to hold both as neither good or bad. They're just, they just are. Yes. Yeah. And the non-judgment part I feel like is really hard for a lot of us. Cause like how often do you have a feeling that feels really right in your body and you immediately judge it? You immediately delegitimize it, right? Especially as artists, especially as creatives, because we don't have the safety net of affirmation of our good work very often. No, or even the, or again, even the acknowledgement that it was received. There's so much that goes into like the void, you know, the nebulous little void. And it's arguably sometimes really beautiful work or, you know, vulnerable parts of yourself and you just don't even get acknowledged that you've given it. And that right. in itself can drive you wild. Absolutely um, wild. Let alone the next step of like, oh, I'm not – now I know you've seen it, but now I'm not getting affirmed for it or I'm not right. getting, you know, validated for whatever I've given. Yes. Um, it's a hard – practice. It is. Well, and that goes back to self-trust too, which is a very hard practice. You can't just wake up one morning and be like, I trust myself now. I'm amazing. Like nobody. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you could, please come reach out to me and let me know your ways. (laughs) Because I also think you're lying. Um, (laughs) yeah. And it's, but the hardest things like that sensation of getting squeezed through a straw, which was Mm. like all of last year for me, getting squeezed through a straw, you come out the other side and all of a sudden the air is different Mm -hmm. and it feels better. And knowing that, like what you were just saying, like these things are not simply good or bad. Nothing is that binary. It's just not that simple. And our truths are not that simple. And I think a lot of people are very, very afraid to live in a gray area. They are very afraid to not land solidly anywhere I am. You know, there are so many times when I'm like, must have concrete information. Yeah, but arguably like you're literally doing, I'm just going to affirm, not that you asked, but I'm affirming (laughs) that you're doing that right now in this conversation that has no like agenda, right? Like we will not have Surprise, listener! Like, we don't have. There's no like like result, you know. I just, but like we are living completely in an abstract yeah. gray area just to even talk about these things. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like helpful to reframe it as like the gray is still gray. Yes. <laughs> like yes. it still is a thing. Like just yeah. because it's a gray area and it's between two things, if we're putting it on a scale, doesn't yeah. mean that that isn't a space. Like yeah. being in the gray is still being somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I know the that's gray also is, abstract, but. It is, but also I feel like your listeners would be on board with that. You know, like the the gray <laughs> is where the, <laughs> we'll find out. Um, we, we forget that the gray is where the magic happens. 100%. The unknown is where the magic happens, right? And it's so scary to just like push your own raft away from the dock, yeah. you know? Like that's been my metaphor a lot. Like I just need to like push my raft away from the dock and turn and face the ocean. Why because- is it a raft and not a boat? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't know. And I mean to debunk like this beautiful thing that yeah. you've been like using is like your thing. I'm yeah. just wanting to... Can, you know, again, not that you asked, but like when I hear raft, I hear um, temporary. Well, I enjoy the extremes of vulnerability. So I would like to right. be as exposed to the elements as I possibly Clearly, can. you're like, you know what? I could have a boat. I could have a kayak. But like, you know what? Let's just Why blow this I do fucker that? up. Let's just go. Let's just fucking go. I have three bags of snacks and we'll see how yeah, long I last. I have a lot of air in my lungs to put into oh, this yeah. inflatable thing and I may as well just turn oh it around. God. 
Oh my God. Put me in the gray area. That is, it is. I mean, that's, that's the crux of it though, right? You know, no, the raft is the gray, a hundred percent. You haven't committed to a kayak and you haven't committed to a boat. So I'm just, I'm just curious. That was just me picking at you. Extreme exposure. I want extreme exposure. Like I want my legacy to be like, wow, she went hard. I don't think you need to worry about that. (laughs) I don't think I do either. I'm so tired. I I think all of us are. I'm so excited for vacation. Oh, I can wait for you. Just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting with full breath for you to call me. And I don't actually want you to say words. I want it just to be like, like, I just kind of like want to hear like we'll weird the sounds of the ocean. Or I was, we we're talking about like you on the beach breathing, but we yeah. could also do the ocean too. If that's maybe a little less ASMR of you, like uh, in my ear breathing. I'll send you both. I'll just send you voice notes of both. Great. I'm here for it. Um, as we begin winding down our abstract time here, <laughs> I'm I'm curious if there's anything that's like on your heart. We nap look, we bounced around a lot. We talked about self-trust. We talked about, mm-hmm. you know, priority of self. We talked about looking back, you know, on your life and um recognizing that those things aren't necessarily bad things, but the protection that you have created for yourself in order to navigate through them, those defenses perhaps can maybe come down a little bit, be put to the side. We talked mm-hmm. about acknowledging, you know the quote unquote good or bad or the, you know, the dark and light as just being and not judging it. We've talked about a lot mm-hmm. of things, but mm-hmm. knowing all of that, is there anything that's currently on your heart that we haven't shared? I mean, I think that's, that's like really what's uh, at the front of my brain and soul at the moment. And I also just want to make it clear that like, even when we talk about these heavy things, these things that feel like a strain, like a heavy lift, like the labor of coming to choose yourself is like really hefty and it's not linear. And at the same time, I don't want anybody to perceive it as a negative. Like it is like- That's living, no? Isn't that living? living? And it's also these moments, these bursts of realization, these bursts of clarity that hopefully just like imprint and linger- you know, those, the, the overwhelming feeling that I have right now is a sense of possibility mm-hmm. that I never had before. And that's possibility in my career. That's possibility in my community. And there's also possibility for my own sense of ease. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, I don't think we ever fully achieve inner peace, you know, because the world is very tumultuous and painful and an awful yeah. place right now. And those of us who are participating in the world still need to remain receptive to that. But I think we can give ourselves these moments of ease Mm -hmm. that are just so delicious and so full of possibility because of the heavy labor, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have our own internal like reward systems. Like my reward system is feeling a sense of ease where I am not obligated to bend over backwards for anything or anybody unless it is absolutely something that my heart deeply desires to do. And even then I'm going to double check it because if it costs me too much, then I can't, you know? So I want people to kind of like perceive this as just like, it's more possibility. It's more possibility for yourself. Yeah. I would also add curiosity too. Yeah. For me, possibility comes after just being curious about it. You know, like if you're curious about looking at these things, if you're Mm -hmm. curious about understanding them for yourself, again, Mm -hmm. ideally with as least amount of judgment as possible. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like, and therefore now I see the possibility. Yeah. You know, I guess I think for me, those two things go really in tandem together. I love that. Um, yeah. I love you. I love you. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm just, I, I'm grateful that you understand my brain. <laughs> I Right back at you. <laughs> just, we call and, this a winding path. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know some people can hang with the way that my philosophical brain works and some people it's not their speed and I don't care, but it's nice to be in a space with somebody who is willing to go on the abstract philosophical journey that I, I go on in my own brain. Um, It's nice to not be solo in that. So thank you for writing this with me and doing so in as always an incredibly vulnerable um, an open-hearted, curious way. So I'm just grateful to you. 
I'm grateful to you. Always, yeah. always down for the winding road in your brain. For anybody who wants to keep up with you, to follow on your journey, to work with you, what within your boundaries is the best way for people to reach you? Instagram is great. I actually, uh, I deactivated Facebook a couple of years ago. I deactivated my website about a year and a half ago. So really, unless you have my number, the best way, um, the best way is Instagram. Um, and I, you know, I like, I share a lot on there. I also share things that I feel like are just silly ding dong little things because I am a ding dong and, um, mm -hmm. you know, Sweeney stuff and some 86 barrier stuff. And yeah. So Instagram, and that is at, uh, the Joanna C. Perfect. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, more on our website at empoweredartistscollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then.